On this day in 1899, D.L. Moody, or to give him his full title, Dwight Lyman Moody, was led to rest. He was buried in the Congregational Church in Northfield, Massachusetts, on this day, 26th of December, or as we call it, Boxing Day, 1899. His text is 1 John 2.17. You don't have to turn it up. But D.L. Moody's text, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's the text that I want to leave with you this morning. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If you were to go to the grave of D.L. Moody today, you would see those words inscribed on his gravestone. 1 John 2, 17. He that doeth the will of God abideth Forever, But even if you don't get to D.L. Moody's um, grave in your lifetime, of course, you've always got your good friend Google. And if you Google it today when you go home, D.L. Moody's grave, it'll bring up, or it sh- you, sh- you should be able to bring up a photo of his, of his headstone. And those great words written by the Apostle John on the, on the headstone of God's servant. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You remember that the Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You know, friends, that that should be our modus operandi in life, to do the will of God. That should be our sole aim in life as individuals, as a church. That should be the focus. Do the will of God. How do you know what the will of God is? You you read this book. You study this book. You obey this book. And friends, I pray as we come to the end of 2021 as we move out into 2022 I pray that each one of us will have that as our objective from here on in that we will do the will of God not the will of man not what people tell us to do but what God tells us to do and if we do the will of God by his grace with the help of his spirit then we will abide forever. Then we will have the blessing of God upon us. There are so many things about D.L. Moody that we could mention today. First thing I want to mention, and there are, there are four, four things that I want to sort of uh, base the message on today. Four headings, if you like, that I want to sort of arrange the message around this morning. There's first of all his conversion. That's where it starts. That's where it has to start with everyone. Tell me this. Are you converted? Have you been converted? 
Jesus said, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. We need to be converted. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You need to be converted. Not just reformed. It's not about turning over a new leaf. The great need is conversion. I know that many of you have been converted. Many of you today are trusting in Christ. Maybe you say today, well, I can't quite remember the date or the time that I was converted. Well, don't worry about that because I've one, I have a brother and he actually testified here. And um, I remember, I think in his testimony, he said that he couldn't remember the, the date of his conversion. He was a child. But you see, folks, it doesn't matter about the date and whether you can, you know, you have all the details of when it happened But the important thing is that right now you're trusting in Christ. This morning, Boxing Day 2021, you're trusting in the blood of Jesus. You're trusting in his finished work alone. That's what matters. And if if you're doing that today, then that's a sign that that you have been converted. A person who hasn't been converted is depending on other things. They're depending on their church attendance. They're depending on being a good neighbor. They're depending on being charitable and being generous and being kind. They're depending on being a member of of the Orange Order or of some other society, some other community organization. They're depending perhaps on a father or a mother, some other relative. That's a sign that that individual needs to be converted. No, the person who who is genuinely converted is the person who is depending on Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Well, how was D.L. Moody converted? Well, he wasn't converted in church. Do you want to know where he was saved? In a shoe shop. In a shoe shop. He was saved in the stockroom of the shoe shop where he worked. And just before he was saved, his Sunday school teacher had been in the shop and had witnessed to him. His Sunday school teacher, a a, a Mr. Kimball, left the shop that day feeling discouraged, feeling that his witness to the young Moody had been very weak and and feeble. But the Lord actually took the words of his Sunday school teacher uh, uh, and brought D.L. Moody to Christ through those words. Here's a little word of encouragement for you today as you witness for the Lord wherever he has placed you. Don't be discouraged if you think that your words are weak and feeble. If you think that your tongue is uh, stuttering and stammering and maybe you witness to someone and you come away and you cringe because the words didn't come out the right way and you just feel embarrassed and you feel that you've actually, you've um, made things even harder and you've made it even harder for that person to be converted. Don't be discouraged today. 
The Lord can take your feeble witness and my feeble witness and use it to the conversion of someone. You see, whenever the Lord uses our weakness, then he gets the glory. Because nobody turns around and says, oh, it was the eloquent words of the person who witnessed. No, the people, people say, it must have been the Holy Spirit, it must have been the Lord. And so that's how D.L. Moody was converted in the shoe store. He was 18 years of age when he was saved. And that day, as he left the shoe store and he walked down the street, he said that, in the words of the hymn writer, Heaven above is softer blue, earth around is sweeter green, something lives in every you, Christless eyes have never seen. He said that as he walked down the street, he could hear the birds singing. He said that it seemed as if the birds were singing to him. And by the way, for the rest of his life, he had a great love for birds. There is something amazing about the little birds, isn't there? As we hear the song of the birds. The Lord Jesus, of course, said, Behold the fowls of the air. They toil not, neither do they reap. Neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Of course, there's that little little poem about the robin and the sparrow. The lesson is that whenever we're anxious, the Lord would have us to behold the fowls if they are. Consider the birds. They don't get anxious. And yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. You know, as we come to the end of this year and move out into the new year, I want you all to remember God will provide. The Lord will provide. He will provide for you. He will provide for me. He will provide for us as a congregation. He will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, one of the great compound names of the Lord. Jehovah Jireh. It was revealed to Abraham on Mount Moriah just at the right time, perfect timing. The Lord showed Abraham the ram caught in the thicket. God's provision. Whenever the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness, how were they going to be fed? Well, the Lord spread a table in the wilderness for them. And the manna came down miraculously from heaven every morning the Lord provided isn't he a great saviour isn't he a wonderful Lord he has provided for us up until now he'll continue to provide for us who knows what the new year will hold I spoke recently about persecution I believe that there is persecution on the way for, for believers in our land and for the church that will take its stand and do the will of God All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said, in this world ye shall have tribulation. Who knows the tribulation that we will face in 
2022. Who knows the persecution we will face in 2022. But I know this. God will provide. He'll provide for us. Until our work is done. D.L. Moody's conversion. Let me ask you again. Have you been converted? It's a supernatural thing. It's something I can't do. But the Lord can do it. And when the Lord does it, you'll know it has, you'll know it has happened. You'll not have to, you know, um, scratch your head and wonder, oh, wonder is that person really a Christian? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Because now they're at the prayer meeting. See, dear friends, that's the acid test, isn't it? Prayer. Don't ask me to explain it, but, but whenever you're converted, you want to pray. You want to pray on your own, alone, because you know how weak you are. When you become a Christian, you realize very, very quickly how weak you are. Especially when you fall flat on your face. It happened to me after I was saved. I remember, I mean, I, I don't know where I got it, but I had this strange idea that when you become a Christian, you know, oh, perfect from here on in. No falls, no failures, no slips, nothing. When the first slip came... Kind of threw me into a tailspin. And of course I realized. You're just like the Apostle Paul. Romans 7. O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Hallelujah friends. We who are saved one day. We're going to be delivered from the body of this death. This Corruptible must put on incorruption. But we get alone with God because we feel our weakness. It's not always easy to get alone with God if you've, if you've got young children and life's busy. And there's so many demands and maybe when you're older and the, and the grandchildren come you don't have as much time either. But when you get the opportunity, rather than going and sitting in front of the TV for three hours, why don't you go and pray? That's, of course, the danger at this time of year, that we spend too much time in front of screens and we, we don't spend time with the Lord. Time spent with Him is always time well spent. We pray. We pray alone as... Newborn babes, but, but we want to pray with other people. We want to be together with other people praying. That's why we go to the prayer meeting. Birds of a feather flock together. Let me invite you, dear ones, to the prayer meeting, the final prayer meeting of the year on Thursday night. Come and join with us. If you've never been before, be blessed as you come to the place of prayer. Come and join with us in January in these special times of prayer. Because God does hear and answer prayer. 
And the devil trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. The conversion of D.L. Moody. But then, whenever you're converted, there's something else. The Lord is more for you. You see, the Lord has many blessings for the child of God along the narrow way. And one of them is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, up until the year 1871, for about 16 years after D.L. Moody was converted, he was a Christian. He was no doubt about that, but he had never been filled with the Spirit. Until two ladies in his church began to pray for him. They knew that Mr. Moody was was serving the Lord. He was exercising a great ministry among the Sunday school children. He was so busy for the Lord. But there was one thing missing from his ministry. It was the power. The power. And these two ladies, they they began to pray that D.L. Moody would get the power. That's the term they used, the power. They were talking, of course, about the power of the Holy Ghost. You remember in Acts 1, the Lord Jesus said, Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. As he stood in the Mount of Olives, the Savior said to his disciples, Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And the two ladies in D.L. Moody's church began to pray for God's servant that he would get the power. And one day the power fell upon him. He was walking down Wall Street in New York in 1871. And the Holy Ghost fell upon him. Oh, he, oh, the Holy Ghost had been living within him from the day of his conversion in the shoe shop. But now the Holy Spirit comes upon him in a greater way and, and takes control and fills him and, and empowers him for service. He got the power. He was a very blessed man to be on the prayer list of those two ladies. I am glad to be on your prayer list. And I want to thank you as a congregation for your prayers for me because I just couldn't be up here Sunday by Sunday without your prayers. But if I could give you a prayer request for the new year, It would be this. Pray that your pastor will get the power. Will you pray like the two elderly ladies in D.L. Moody's church that the minister will get the power? That's the great need of pulpits in the land, isn't it? the great need of those who stand behind the sacred desk in these days. They need the power. They need the power to take their stand for Christ. To do the will of God. Remember D.L. Moody's text. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 
You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. You can't do it in your own power. You see, the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things that, that, are, that are difficult. Things, as John Wesley used to say, that go against the grain. Things that make you unpopular. Things that bring criticism. But it's the will of God for you. And you've got to do it and you need the Holy Spirit and his power to be able to do it. Because at the end of the day, folks, we're going to stand before one man and one man alone, and that's Jesus Christ. We're not going to answer to anybody else. So it doesn't matter about the critics, doesn't matter about, about those who would oppose us. If God be for us, who can be against us? This incident in the life of D.L. Moody made all the difference to his ministry. It revolutionized his entire ministry. I have left my prayer request for you. That you would pray that your pastor would get the power. And I'm going to pray the same for you as believers because you need the power just as much as your pastor. You see, you see, every everyday life is sacred. Some people sort of cordon off between Sunday and the rest of the week. That's not the case. Wherever the Lord has placed us, he has placed us there to do a work for him. And the work that you're doing for him, wherever it is, whatever it is, is just as important as the work that the, that the minister is doing on a Sunday. It is. And there's a work for Jesus, ready at your hand. Tis a task the master just for you has planned. And it's wonderful that he has provided the, the spirit of Pentecost to, so that we might be able to accomplish the work and the will of God for our lives. There's a third incident in the life of D.L. Moody. This great man, as we think today of his funeral on Boxing Day, it was the Great Fire of Chicago. It happened on a Sunday night. 300 people lost their lives. D.L. Moody was the preacher that Sunday evening. At the end of the service, he didn't make an appeal. He just said to the congregation, Now I want you to go home and think about what you've heard tonight. But that evening, that night after the service was over, the great fire started and 300 people lost their lives. People who had been in the meeting that night perished. And ever after, D.L. Moody lamented and regretted that he had not appealed that night for souls to come to Christ. So this Sunday morning, this final Sunday morning of 2021, I am not going to tell you to go home today and think about the gospel. 
but rather I'm going to tell you and urge you and plead with you to come to Christ before you walk out through those doors today. Those of you who are not converted, those of you who are not right with God, don't leave the building today until you are right with God. And you don't have to wait to the end of the service. You can be converted right there in your pew where you sit. Sure, D.L. Moody was converted in a, in a, a shoe shop. And if he was converted in a shoe shop, then you can be converted just right there where you sit. You can come to the Lord. You can be born again, washed in his blood. Let me come today to the funeral service of D.L. Moody. This is the fourth incident in his life, in his life, and one that I want to leave with you today. He was buried on this day in 1899 from the Congregational Church. One of the hymns that was sung was The Sands of Time Are Sinking, the hymn that we have already sung today. The author of that great hymn is, was Anne Ross Cousin, a Scottish lady. On her headstone in Dean Cemetery in Edinburgh are the words of Isaiah chapter 33 verse 17. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. It's referring there to the one that we think about at this time of year, the king of the Jews, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Jesus is the king King Jesus, we had it yesterday, the children's song, King Jesus has come. Thank God King Jesus has come. Thank God he came that first Christmas 2021 years ago. But friends, he's coming back again. And he's coming back to reign and to rule. Are you prepared for his coming? We may not see the new year. The trumpet may have sounded. Jesus may have come before we're back next Sunday. And I know that every one of you who are saved are saying that would be wonderful. Because your eyes will see the king. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. Face to face with Christ my saviour. Face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? But what if you're not saved today? Oh, you will see him, but you will see him as your judge. You will meet him at the great white throne of judgment. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. 
the words you will hear from the lips of King Jesus are awful words, terrifying words, horrendous words. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never his intention that you would be in hell. But if you reject King Jesus, you choose to go there.